Guess who's back? Steve, still doing that shit, Andre? Oh, for sure. Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Google and Rob Domofsky for doing all the work for today's podcast. <laughs> I did a little too. <laughs> no, I did some pretty good research on here, man. Um, pretty interesting stuff. Just the timeline of events from when all of this started. It has been, do you realize, Matt, how long it's been that we've been dealing with this shit, which is why we were so kind of tired of it. Now, I think today is the last day that we're going to bitch and moan about this, right? I mean, April 18th, 2019 was when the drama started. That's what it feels. It feels like it was a lot longer than that. It feels like it was weeks and months and years longer than that. This drama with Rogers. And a lot of it is not his fault. I, we put the blame on him because he takes his time and he's calculated, but I would be curious to, to do an algorithm to look at all of the tweets on all of the information on Rogers over the last two years and see how many of those 100 million tweets or whatever the hell came out the last two years and yeah. how much of that, probably less than 1% of that stuff was actually accurate or even remotely close yeah. to what was going on with the situation. But we live on social media. We get fed information on a daily basis. And as a podcast, what do we want to do? We want to grab information, report on it as much as we can, but we're just puppets, dude. Well, as we all know, he's back. Aaron Rodgers is back. He says he's coming back this year. Great. The drama gets pushed on pause for, what, nine more months, ten more months. And then the drama will kick back up again. Um, Ian Rappaport first uh, reported it's a four-year, $200 million deal, $153 million guaranteed. Uh, but it's a cap-friendly deal, which makes me go, how is $200 million cap-friendly? But okay, we'll have to see. Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee came out and said that's not accurate. He hasn't signed a deal. He hasn't. Okay, so not only did we get to the day that you said we were going to make a decision, but now for some reason you're able to extend this drama. And that's what I'm going to call him now from now on is Drama Rogers, Because it's he's a great quarterback. 
it's all the other horse crap that we have to now. Okay, well, Devontae Adams gets franchise tagged with what, 65 minutes left on the clock. And Rodgers is saying he hasn't signed anything yet. So we don't know any details. And the only things that we do know is that Adams has been franchised, which means the team couldn't come to a deal with him. And Rodgers apparently is coming back one year. And with Adams, here's here's my take, and let's see my crystal ball of what I believe is going to happen. So okay. let's go to Adams first. Franchise tag, regardless of when they did it, all it does is it buys time until July 15th to, for them to have a long-term deal in place. If by that, assuming that he signs a franchise tag by that day, right? But that's the deadline for franchise tags to be signed for the player to play on that franchise tag July July 15th. We will know well, well after the draft and well after the free agency. Right. Okay. Right. But that's that's the timeline on Adams, which means they are very confident that they're going to sign into a long-term deal. And I genuinely believe that this is what's happening. Adams wants 30 million and the Packers are probably not going to pay more than 27, which is still a shitload of money. So I think they're going to, he's going to sign a $27 million deal. And what sweetens the deal is, would you rather be attached to $30 million with another quarterback? Or would you rather have 27 million with your best friend, Aaron Rodgers and the guy who brought you where you are? To a For a year extent. or possibly two. I think it's a year. I, I agree with you. I believe that it on the Rogers contract, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going to say it's $184 million, which is just a million more per year than what Josh Allen got. $153 million guaranteed is probably going to be correct, but it's going to be a long-term contract in writing, but it's probably a one-year deal. And then he has an out at the end of this year, the following year, right? And it'll progress where he has the say of when he's going to come or when he's going to go, but they're going to commit to him long-term, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be $184 million, probably four years um, or maybe two years with like four void years or something to spread this out, right, over the course of time. And they'll we'll end up being somewhat of a Tom Brady-ish situation at some point towards the end of this. And again, I think this all hinges on the fact that Rodgers, just like Elway, just like uh, Manning, um, just like all the great quarterbacks, there comes a point in their career where it's not so much age or they can't play. And you know Rodgers doesn't want to go out floundering the way that, that Ben Roethlisberger did. I think Brady did the right thing. He could still play some more. People still thought he had juice in the tank and he walks away from the game. But a lot of it is just the daily grind of every day coming into OTAs. So now he's going to be under contract by the time they get to spring training, by the time they get to OTAs, by the time everything happens. So he better be in uniform as opposed to sitting out the entire time, not playing through the preseason and then being cold because that's really the grind that he needs to go through in order for us to take that leap at the end of the year and genuinely go on a Super Bowl run, right? Like we know that he gives us the best chance to win, but he's committed. That's where we are with him. And let's, let's just kind of recap for everybody. I, I really want to do this just because it seems like it has been years and you're calling him drama Rogers and I'll just, I'll go through this to kind of put this into perspective. This is the timeline of what we as Packer fans have gone through. And you can stop me anytime you want, if you want to kind of interject some comments on this, but the first, it all started 
On April 18th, 2019. Uh, 2008. It feels like 2008. 2019, the Packers. 2008, when it was Favre Rogers. Favre Rogers. That's when it all started. Yeah, let's just. With Rod. Favre, I don't even want to talk about, dude. Let's Uh, just ignore the first 14 of his 16 year career. So he was drafted 2005. (laughs) Same yep. age, age 35, is far, all of those things, right? Like there's a lot of parallels related to what the Packers did, but obviously they're following some sort of formula, which is why we trust the front office. We trust the organization. Do you think they've got a formula in place where they're going to draft a player at a specific time? They're going to develop a player at a specific time, regardless of what the player thinks. And that's what happened with Farvin Rogers. And they want them to sit They're in the perfect position to not have to absolutely start a quarterback that they're drafting. First off, it's not a top 10 pick. We're always picking at the back end of drafts, right? I mean, this is, we acquired Favre. We didn't draft Favre. We drafted Rodgers and had him sit. But April 18th, 2019, the Packers host Missouri quarterback Drew Locke. So they hosted him in April of 2019, and that's where it kind of started, right? And then that's the year that if everyone remembers – uh, following the Buffalo Bill game in week four of that year um, is when Rodgers decided to go after Mike McCarthy and started trashing him, right? So that's where all of the the venom started coming out in terms of, all right, this isn't working. I'm kind of done. He was upset because they were hosting quarterbacks. I don't like the situation with the coach. Obviously, he was unhappy with the situation with the way the team was being run. And then in August 6th of 2019, the Packers finished joint practice with the Houston Texans. And you remember that was when um, one of the Texan players, remember some dude trying to show off his his skills, ended up hurting. Um, who was, was it Tanyan that he hurt and concussed during those joint practices? You remember? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but yeah, no, I remember that. It was a it was a really bad hit. Oh, I can see the picture from social media in my head. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but at that point, that's where he comes out after that training camp and all of those all of those it was kind of the first glimpse that we saw with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers on the field. And it was during training camp prior to this season, working on everything together. And Rodgers hates, you know, he says Rodgers hates the Houston Texans. It says after the second session, I wouldn't mind if they didn't do it for another 14 years. Shortly before that first year head coach, Matt LaFleur said absolutely 100%. I want to do this again. So there was already a conflict of joint practices. Somebody got hurt. Roger says, no, Matt LaFleur comes out and says, this was great. So there's kind of this inkling of there's a little bit of a disconnect, right? So this is still 2019 tacking onto the fact that they hosted Drew Locke. Now there's issues with the head coach. February 21st, 2020, Locke visits um, Gutekus and the GM starts talking about being opening open to drafting Drew Locke. So this really it, – it's kind of weird, right, that the parallels and where all of this started was with the Denver Broncos back in 2019 and Drew Locke and the guy that they took – Fast forward to 2022, now where we are now, and it's still Drew Locke in the news. It was the Broncos willing to pay whatever it was for Rodgers, and it ended up being Russell Wilson, who's been unhappy for several years, to take Drew. 
He's been a few years of him griping. Uh, we don't. Uh, uh, Pete Carroll likes to run the ball, and rightfully so. They they they're an outdoor team. They play in the winter. You got to run the rock. I mean, you think right. back to Seattle. Seattle's always run the rock. Sean Alexander. They've always had a strong running game in Seattle. So my, you know, that uh, Russell Wilson being traded. What was it? Two firsts, two seconds, a fourth. And they gave him what Noah Fant, yeah. Noah Fant, and Drew Locke, and they traded fourths. That when I looked at that, I thought that's a pretty good haul, but it wasn't enough first round picks for Rodgers. Well, Rodgers is going to demand more than than Russell Wilson. Part of the problem, and I because think because he can see over the O line. Well, not only that. Come on, <laughs> I mean, at least he's taller than than Kyler Murray, but. Russell Wilson does not have the pedigree that Aaron Rodgers does, which is a lot of the reason why I think that Russell Wilson wanted out of Seattle. He was done with a run team first. And it looks like this is, this is what's awesome to me. And, and I'll give credit to Pac Daddy for this because um, I heard his pod and he kind of mentioned this. We're going to be able to see exactly three side different side. teams side yeah. by side the scenario of – had the Packers traded, right, the Rodgers to the Broncos, taken a haul and switched players, now we're going to see Seattle rebuilding. Yeah. We're going to see the Denver Broncos. They're going to have some pretty good picks. Seattle's going to have a handful of really great picks over the next couple of years to make sure that they rebuild properly, right? Here's the problem is they've been in rebuild mode. The last person on there – the the Seattle Seahawks are similar to the to the Green Bay Packers in the sense of they won the Super Bowl and since that Super Bowl there's nobody left on that team from that Super Bowl era right I mean that, oh, yeah they it. just got rid of Wagner they just exactly. released Wagner so now it's completely a wash it's a completely new team the problem well and it's not even a problem it's the good part of all of this is that Seattle has been horrendous with developing talent picking players. You look at their first round picks. They haven't, they, they've been giving up picks trying to pick up. They picked up that safety, whatever the hell his name was and gave up a first round pick for him who hasn't done anything. They drafted that Adams. linebacker. Yep. Adams. And then they drafted that linebacker Adams. in the first round who everybody was touting. The dude is, is garbage. You yeah. met. So I don't trust the GM to do the, the appropriate job to have them rebuild. This is a huge draft for them right they've got a lot of draft capital they're going to pick at nine more than likely they're going to take if uh, they won't take a corral they won't take a picket the guy that i think that they might take in that is the one that the the steelers want which is malik taylor uh or malik willis is his name i think that's the guy that they're going to be targeting at nine to to draft and develop behind Drew Locke, who we know is not the future, right? We've already seen him play, and I can't wait to see him for a year with Seattle. That's fantastic. That's It's another quarterback gone from the NFC, right? So that whole thing with Drew Locke, I just found fascinating. And then we fast forward to April 23rd, 2020. Here's where all the shit hit the fan. Here is where we all went crazy. We all didn't know what we wanted to do, but that was when everybody wanted Justin Jefferson. I wanted Justin Jefferson. You wanted Justin Jefferson. He was starting to fall. He was starting to get into that range where we can get him. Minnesota Vikings take him. And then right after that 22nd pick is Justin Jefferson. And then at 25, 
San Francisco takes Brandon Ayuk and breaks everybody's heart, right? With the Packers, because why didn't we trade up? So what do we do? We trade up and we get Jordan Love at 26, but we need to put that into perspective again. It's not that we weren't going after these players. We didn't have suitors willing to let us move up there. This is the 49ers who are our right. Tried to get Jefferson. That was the first pick and Minnesota was like, screw you. If you want him, we're taking him. So Captain COVID is out there throwing for him. Right. And same thing with the 49ers. You look at the our two biggest rivals in the playoffs and during the regular season have been the 49ers the last two years, obviously, right? And now you're looking at the Minnesota Vikings, the only team that even remotely can contend with us in the North at this point because the Bears are mediocre. They're happy being mediocre. They're happy spending a lot of time. They're extremely happy. Their main argument is I would much rather have my team – not make the playoffs than to cheer for them and watch them lose in the playoffs. Yeah. That's a, that's a fucking lame brag. That's that, like that, saying I'd much rather have sex just before ejaculation and then call it a night. Wow. Yeah. It's like the Cowboys as well. It's that same type of franchise where there's been so many years of nothing that they don't know what winning means anymore. Yeah. You, that, you, you just don't, you, you don't feel what winning is like anymore and you know what bears fans if there are any bears fans that listen you wish you could get a sniff of the playoffs shut your mouth you want a sniff of half of the success that we've had just half if you could have half the success that the green bay packers have had then you could proudly call yourselves you know uh, proper fans or legitimate fans you know you've got brand new coaches. You got brand new everything. Let me tell you, you're a shit storm in a small box. And That's remember we are. talked about this yesterday, just cause we're going to trash on the bears a little bit. Fucking a. They give a name, shit about name they, the last first round pick from the bears that has panned out. Other than Roquan Smith, right? Other than Roquan Smith. And that was uh, six years ago, five years ago. And then I said Brian Erlacher jokingly, and it was literally Brian Erlacher. It was literally Brian Erlacher. <laughs> and they're talking about Jordan Love. So before we move on to the rest of the timeline, because we get into where it starts really, the shit starts hitting the fan after we draft Love. But with the Bears, here's what right now everything that I know is going on. And again, I'm not on Twitter, but I know bears. I know my brother has been texting me saying, Oh, you got what a, what a wasted pick in love. So I was like, okay, that's the sentiment of bears fans. Let's, let's go back to Mitch Trubisky and what you did, where you passed on Pat Mahomes to Sean Watson in that draft to go all the way up into the top five to take Mitch Trubisky, who's now gone. Yeah. yeah how's that going? And then that was how's three that years of picks, first round picks that they lost. When they get a first-round pick back after a trade and they get back, what do they do? They trade all of that, trade back up to number 13 to take Justin Fields and have no future first-round picks again for a while, right? So they keep trashing these picks that we're making. Jordan Love is not a bad pick. So we have to put it into perspective again to defend Jordan Love. It has, And we'll get into the comments. Everybody's, yeah, everybody's got this. Let me, let me, let me say this. Yeah. If you were to ask any general manager in the NFL, give us your first round pick and we'll turn your current quarterback into a back-to-back MVP. MVP, back-to-back. Do you Mm -hmm. think they'd do it? 
You damn rights they do it. They do it in a heartbeat. They they give you two draft picks for that. Absolutely. So he was not a wasted pick. No. And in fact, now they're saying we can get a second round pick for him. That's pretty much what we got. That's you know, everybody goes, Well, he was a first round pick. When you're picking 28th and 29th, that's not a first round pick. That's an early second round. That's an early second round. The top. 10, 12, 15 guys. I'll, I'll let you have the first 15. Yep. The first 15 guys are uh, the guys. And then after that, those picks become second. Well, okay, what do we really need? We couldn't get the guy we wanted because he got picked right away. Who do we really want, right? right. Those are the guys. Now, I know you're going to say, oh, we've had lots of success. Yes, the draft and all of its measurements don't matter. None of those matters. It's 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 nothing tangible. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Look at Tom Brady. Look at uh, uh, Terrell Davis. Look at all of these guys. Look at Donald Driver. Look at all of these guys who were third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, forgotten about, undrafted free agents that became Hall of Famers. Yep. It's about the playing with desire. Right. We talked about this last pad playing with desire and guys like Donald driver who were basically, you know, uh, these guys were basically homeless had to go out there and catch every single ball that Brett Favre was whipping around out there and make the team the hard way. And you got Terrell Davis who made the team for special teams play. Right. And you know, you've got, you've got Tom Brady who made the team only because they were like, well, we need another quarterback. Let's take this guy. Like, you, if you could write, I have a book on the NFL on first round draft busts, yeah. And the and the freaking thing is five hundred pages. Packers without borders. 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 The greatest podcast on the planet. If you like Packers Without Borders, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to hit the like button, hit subscribe, and leave us a review. Five stars are preferable, and if you can find us, on Patreon as well, under Packers Without Borders, please throw us some money so we can continue doing debauchery. Patreon slash Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. This is TJ Williams out of Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Matt coming to you from Cincinnati. Hey friends, this is Colton Moore from Central Illinois. This is the Macho Man Randy Savage. This is Shelly from Bourne, Michigan. Bales of Hay, and I'm from Kansas City. Hey, this is Jamie Cheesebutt. I'm from LA, California. Hey everyone, this is Ella from Southern Cali. This is Nebels from Chicago, Illinois, and you are listening to Packers Without Borders, the finest podcast in all the land. Well, I mean, you don't know what you get until you put that player in. There was a stat that I saw in terms of hit and miss percentages on first round picks, and it's 40%. You remember with Rashawn Gary, 
how much people hated that pick in the media, how much everybody hated it. Yet here we are where he's on the cusp of being, he's already one of the top edge rushers, right? He's one of the top rushers in the NFL, but he can still have some room to grow. And everybody was complaining about that pick compare everybody else that was picked in that first round anywhere near that. And I guarantee you, Matt, that 60% of those players are players that we've not even heard of are either off the team in some cases, right? Have been cut and have been, or they're still on their rookie contracts, but not doing anything. We need to see a lot of history before we kind of move forward, right? Like the reason we took Jordan Love is because during that draft in 2019, all this drama leading up to that pick with Jordan Love was we were first off 2018, 2019 Rogers as good as he was, was not Aaron Rodgers that's worth $50 million a year, 46 or 47, whatever he's going to get now. Back-to-back MVP, yeah, deserves that money, right? I mean, it's – but now it's it's more about understanding at the time what happened, why it happened. I don't think they're going to get rid of love for two reasons. So the first thing is we need to have a, a, a good backup. Rogers has been hurt in the past. He's getting up in age and we need a good champ, just like last year. Right. I mean, we had a chance to win Kansas city had the, the, the team even remotely created a game plan around Jordan love for that game. We probably win that game. And if Mason Crosby doesn't miss a fucking kick, right. Um, now that also is very telling if they keep him, which they should, is that the Rogers contract, as long as it's a long, regardless of whether it's a long-term commitment, they have to have that insurance policy in place, which is what Jordan Love has been this entire time with the Rogers drama. And as soon as Jordan got picked, remember he's, he spent 40 minutes on a conference call telling everybody how he was not thrilled with the pick, how upset he was that he'd love to play out his contract in green Bay, but he doesn't know how that's going to look. Right. So at that point, he's already like, now it's official drama. I don't know if I want to come back. I like, he's saying he wants to come back, but everything has to come into place. And then in September 3rd, he was on Sirius XM with an interview and he started talking about, you know, his Devonte Adams, Lazard, Scantling, Jay Kumaro, and then what happens September 4th? Gudenkiss cuts Kumaro. So there's another little nugget to throw at Rodgers like, fuck you, right? Like you're saying that this is your dude? Well, he's gone. September 8th, the Bills sign Kumaro to the practice squad. And other than that one fantastic Hail Mary catch, what did what did Whitewater Jesus do, right? Like it's there's a difference between being a friend and, and it's just – it's unbelievable to me that people look into these things so much more. Look – had we kept Kumaro, then how many players were we not going to be able to get or re-sign because of keeping a, a special teams player? Then November 1st, Will Fr- the Will Fuller starts. So it's been two years now that we've been hearing about Will Fuller coming to, to Green Bay. And Roger says that he would really love to have him end up on the team. And guess what? There's no movement. Nothing happens, whether that was because of Houston or was because Green Bay was not willing to go after Fuller. And then Fuller ended up going to Miami, right? Um, Then January 20th, 2021, which was this last year after the championship game, after he lost, he says he calls his future a beautiful mystery. Here we go. So throwing more just kind of smoke into what the hell's going on with him. January 2024, he continues to question the Packers, and that's what all uh, everything comes out um, 
more tension between LaFleur and Rodgers where on that fourth down where he didn't make it and Rodgers and LaFleur decided to kick the field goal, Rodgers came out and complained about the play call, right? Even though you had three shots, you didn't even come close. So why are we going to do that again and all that drama? And then he just continually, all through January, he got on shows and started complaining about just everything going on. So there's a lot of blame going around. And then February 1st, Finally, at the end of the season, last year, prior to last year, um, is where the shit kind of hits the fan and nobody knows what's going on. And that's where the drama really started kicking in, right? February of last year is when, is he coming back? Is he's not? We start leaking information we, or we start hearing leaked information about him being upset and not wanting to come back to the teams and changing culture. And it's about the, it's about people. It's about relationships and it's, it's sometimes it's not about the money. Well, and, and so here's, I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. I'm going to yeah. ask you this question and look, he's the MVP. He deserves whatever he's going to get. Just like Adams deserves to get paid. What okay, it is. But don't, but then don't say it's not about the money. No. It's well, like when, when, when Sherman said, I want to go to a contender. And then he goes, no, to he Washington. went to the guy with the biggest purse, right? Yeah. JJ Watt. I want to go to a contender. The guy with the biggest purse. Yeah. Just say you want to go with the guy with the biggest but, purse. Say that. But, but when you talk about relationships, here's where I'm going to go with, with relationships with Rogers and the front office. Obviously, the relationship between um, all management, Mark Murphy, Russ Ball, Gutenkust, MLF, who's, who's really been rock solid in all of this, right? Being able to manage not only his bosses, but also his MVP quarterback in a way where he's kind of stayed neutral, but done a good job of managing that. So that relationship is solid. We know that Goody's done a very good job with Rogers at this point. Now bringing him into the room, bringing in the quarterback coach in Clements that he wanted. So they're bringing him in. And I think this contract is more reflective of everything that Rogers talked about, that it's about relationships because you know this, you're in a relationship. You've been in a relationship with your wife. I've been in a relationship with my wife for 18, going on 19 years next month at this point. And the only thing that works is you have to have two parties willing to come to the table to come to an agreement first off, right? If one side isn't interested, there's no conversation, nothing happens, nothing moves on. There's no relationship. The second component of that is the fact that they were willing to communicate. And I think Rogers was more open to complain about what it was or voice what he was com concerned about. And the team came back and to the best of their ability, salvaged the relationship. And now we have Rogers on the team for however long we're going to have them. Hopefully the numbers look good enough, right? Like, because the next person, I think the next domino that's going to fall after this is Jair Alexander. And the reason I'm saying that is Jair is going to be playing on a $13 million contract this year. He needs to get extended. We can knock that number down significantly. And I think that's the next one that can they be working on. Preston is another one who's going to be due a lot of money with everything that he did the last year. But what is your take without going too much into the weeds in terms of him saying relationship him saying it's not about the money and what are your thoughts on that and where we are now with, with the entire situation with Rogers and now coming back. I'll, I'll sum it up quickly. Yeah. Time to win it, son. Time to win it. You wanted Cobb. You wanted a new head coach. You wanted a new defensive coordinator. You wanted a new contract. You wanted them. Well, they, there it is. 
There's mm -hmm. everything you asked for. The franchise gave you everything you wanted, everything you asked for. It's it's time. It's time. There's no 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 more going into a playoff game and scoring zero points. Yeah. Right? You can't yeah. say, oh, well, uh, the contract was – I mean, pretty soon it's going to be uh, the kid in uh, Section 34 doesn't use enough salt on the popcorn. That's why I'm not winning. A, come on. It's time to do it, man. It's time to do it. I'm glad he's back. I like watching Aaron Rodgers play. I don't like a lot of his opinions. That doesn't mean I have to I, – I can't be a fan of his, right? Like it, I had some guy say that the other day. Oh, well, you must have just hated Favre. And I said, yeah. During those years when he was retire, don't retire, retire, don't retire, I was yelling, retire, man, retire, right? Like either either stay or go, make your decision. But enough of the drama. And, and Aaron has made his, his decision. I guess we're going to find out if it's one year, two year, three year, four, or whatever the deal is. It's time to win it. it it's, it's put up or shut up time, right? If we win out 13 and four or 14 and three, and then die in the first round of the playoffs again, I mean, the definition of insanity, right? Yeah. I, I'm glad he's back. It gives us a better chance. 84% of the time, you don't need the MVP to win the Super Bowl. Prove me wrong. Prove the stats wrong. Prove everybody wrong, right? Like, this is when you're supposed to rise up. That's when those competitors rise up. Ooh, get yeah. into the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Coming out of the deep of the cream will rise to the top, baby. Right? Which is what we were expecting last year with, again, the greatest team ever assembled. And, and the biggest issue and, and the reason that it, this is so polarizing is you think about every person reaching middle age, right? At this point, anybody who's 34 years old, if he plays out this contract, is not going to know anything but Hall of Fame quarterback play for the I know. And that's the entitled town component that you have to deal with, that there are so many fans out there that know nothing about losing other than a few seasons sprinkled in here and there, which might have happened this year had we traded Rodgers and had to kind of rebuild because we don't do full rebuilds. We've always got a very good team. We're good at keeping talent on the team. And again, I'm going to harp on this. People need to appreciate Goody and what he has done the last three years with the team. Yeah. You think about Savage. You think about Stokes. You think about Jair. You think about Rashawn. You think about MVS. You think about Aaron Jones. You think about... Uh, Jamal Williams, who the is the entire O line, the entire O line, <laughs> and yeah. on top of bringing in Campbell, yeah. Douglas, yeah. Amos, Turner, Darius so, Smith, Preston Smith. What the list why goes would on you and on. Remotely complain about what he has done, and there is nothing showing that he's going to slow down and not continue to do this. Obviously, we're going to build a team around Rodgers and. Now that the dust has settled after the combine, I did another little mock draft and yep. I have a feeling that the person that's going to fall to us, it's going to be, and I insist offensive lineman, Ryman. I love that guy. And he might fall because he was not as fast as everybody else. He was not a sub five, like all the old linemen were. He was at a 5.05. The dude's arms are right in that area where if you look at 
at busts for offensive linemen, the boom bust component, his arms are seven eighths short, uh, longer than what a bust. You know when they when they yeah. calculate everything. But Raymond and his offensive lineman at a tackle position or a guard, and probably I guess it'll be um, a guard position, right? Um, but him or I think this guy, this kid Traylon Burks, who seems to fit the mold of the Packers, that bigger wide receiver who runs a 4-4, big hands. The dude In the cold, you have to have big hands, right? So that's the biggest thing that we're looking at. So I have a feeling it's either going to be Ryman or Burks. And more than likely, it's not going to be either of them because, again, like we said, the last time I actually made a correct pick for them in the right spot was Eddie Lacy. Other than that, I've wanted players that have either gone later or earlier um, that we've actually picked up, but they're going to get weapons for Aaron Rodgers. And with this tight end class that we've got this year, where they're just all, there's no Kittle or Kelsey or Andrews, this huge standout Tanya. prospect, but they are all just right in that sweet spot of guys that we can pick up, right? So I have a feeling we're going to take a wide receiver or two somewhere in the draft at some point we're going to take a tight end we're going to take some offensive line and build up the backup roles that are going to develop into these players because our defense I don't think we're not that we're not going to touch defense obviously we are right we have to touch defense we have to get with the defensive ends and how deep the rushers are we're going to hit something at some point but we're going to sign a lot of our defensive players back to longer term contracts and where we're lacking in the rooms is obviously wide receiver. I mean, we don't have anybody under contract other than, than Winfrey and Adams. So it's going to be very telling over the this next might be, this might be a great time to revamp that wide receiver group, especially since, I mean, we talked about it, right. Uh, MVS is the Ferrari that, uh, you know, the poor guy is, is injured all the time. We've got uh, Lazar who isn't taking the step up. You've got St. Brown who just, I mean, his brother is so much better, yep. you know? So maybe now's the time to say, you know what, we've got Adams. Um, maybe we get Cobb to come back one more year. Tanyan will be back and let's, let's get three wide receivers. Let's grab one in free agency that can start right away and yep. a couple in the draft. And here are the players that, are, are projected to go somewhat or for top 200 players, right? So the first few rounds, here are the players that are going to be possibly available to the Packers, right? Because we're going to, we're not going to see a lot of the players are going to get the, the, the guys that really showed are probably going to be taken early and it'll probably be two or three wide receivers, but yeah. there's a kid named John Mechie, um, six foot, 195 pounds, uh, big enough to play in the slot or outside, great route running. There's one. And then the darling, right, Chris Olave, who's probably going to be gone prior to that. Top five. Again, yeah, I think so too. But George Pickens is another wide receiver out of Georgia. Um, yeah. And he would go very, very early. But he had an ACL tear that he suffered in the spring, didn't play. So he might be in there. And that A dude second – second or third rounder for the, but remember now, sometimes when you get those ACLs, you don't come back half as fast. Right. And I think that 
when you're talking about ACLs and the technology that's gone around, I mean, my daughter had an ACL. I mean, she's only 15, but she's recovered pretty much fully. She's had some residual issues where she's doing therapy now to strengthen the muscles around it. But yeah. the ACL itself is, is, is intact. Then you have Garrett Wilson, right? Ohio yep. State. But is he going to fall to the back of the first, you know, front of the second round? Maybe, maybe not. And then Justin Ross, Clemson kid, um, that just very disappointing season last year. But as a freshman, he was thousand yard rusher, right? But then he had a fall off. So those are the types of players that I'm trying to look at that did not show up so much, but kind of tested well, but their tape isn't that great. Those are the types yeah. of guys that I think are going to, that we're going to be seeing in our range. And then David Bell from Purdue. I like this kid. He was just a target machine. Um, not a, he's not a bigger guy, but he was just one of the best receivers at catch point. He was 50, yeah. 50 balls, that type of, those are the types of players that the Packers like to target the Lazards, right? That's why they got Lazard. He's a tight end. This kid, just like Raymond, this is part of the reason I like Raymond. He's a converted tight end to an offensive lineman. So he understands the position, understands how to play those types of things. And then the last kid that I'm looking at that, that could possibly come to us, it's a named players that the kid Drake London out of USC, um, who also plays basketball, huge catch radius. Those are the types of guys that I think the Packers are going to be targeting. So keep an eye on those guys. I just, I do think we're taking at least two wide receivers and I have a feeling they're going to be very good prospects. And with the hit rate that we've had on second round wide receivers or late first, I mean, we've never done late first round, but like you said, late first round is really early second round picks, right? It's, it's the, That's it's, it. it's the it's, pick. It, it's, it's the best it's, player of the second round. Yeah. That's who you're taking. I mean, come on. You're, you're third from the end. Yep. Right. You're, you're yeah. taking the best player for the second round. That's what you take. Exactly. Oh, so man. I have a, I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay. In 1998 oh. Raiders hall of famer defensive end, Howie long played a smoke jumper that must save his crew from the blaze of a lifetime while fending off a convicted killer in Firestorm. My question to you, Bruce, how much longer do we wait until Firestorm 2? I hope it never comes out again. <laughs> I was sending Terry Bradshaw. I was, I was asking Pat McAfee, Pat, you need to get a hold of Terry Bradshaw for me immediately and send him this urgent message. Terry, ask Howie how long until Firestorm 2. <laughs> Did you watch the movie or what? <laughs> yeah. I have I have a shirt. I got the shirt. Oh. I was at the I was at the premiere. That's how bad my movie taste was in 1998. Wow. <laughs> oh, I thought this would be a good one, right? Because I was working with fire jumpers and things like that, right? Like uh, you know, so you think to yourself, "Oh, this would be good," right? Nope. Oh, He's man. a terrible. She's a horrible. We should uh, we should have another uh, NFL star uh, star in a movie, you know? Maybe we could have. Uh, I mean, Terry Crews, I guess, but he's not really an NFL star. So it would be like Aaron Donald, The Killing Fields, you know, or 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 choke me tonight, you know, something there you like go. that. Yeah, he chokes yeah. his victims out. Yeah, he likes to choke his the strangler, the midnight strangler. That's who he would be, right? Yeah. 
We'll see. <laughs> That's why you're not a movie producer. This is exactly why I'm not a movie producer because all the movies that I wanted would have uh, Charlize Theron in them. Nothing wrong with that. As long as she's side by side with Gal Gadot. Oh my goodness. Oh, you know, they should do a Charlie's angels with Gal Gadot, Charlize Theron. And who would the third be? Oh, my. I was thinking maybe more of a last tango in Paris. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a dirty old man. Oh, right yeah, on. Yeah. Aaron's yeah. back, man. Aaron's back. Good. We got our decision made. Hopefully it is a uh, cap friendly deal. Like he's talking about. Hopefully it's got a whole bunch of void years. You know, we were speculating maybe it's a seven year deal where three void years and it's all pushed to the back end. So that really he's only taking a few million dollars. Of course he'll get his guaranteed money, but at least his, he'll for the first couple of years anyway, take some, take a, a few million bucks so that we can do things like sign Adams and maybe grab a couple more f- free agents. Yeah. I mean, well, I there's, have to so say- much, there's so much going on that is going to dictate what the cap is going to be like in the future, right? And these guys are very aware of timelines um, with when new deals are coming in, when the collective bargaining agreement is going to be kicked in, when is this new money going to be coming in, the TV money and the gambling money that we know is coming down the line. You've started to see DraftKings and all these betting sites starting to partner with the NFL. And obviously, you know, Calvin Ridley was on DraftKings spending $1,500. So he doesn't have a gambling problem. That's the worst. He he does have a gambling problem. He bet $1,500 and lost $11 You have a gambling problem. Yep. <laughs> You're the only one that could lose more. How hey, what was Sean Payton suspended for? What was Greg Williams suspended for? Bounty gate and breaking farm and ending his career. Right? Was it yeah. wasn't it were they doing stuff like they got a bounty year. Gate. It was bounty gate. I know gate. everybody I know everybody's comparing Oh, well, Ray Rice got two games for domestic violence, and this guy got six games for domestic violence, and Tyreek Hill put his son in a coma. I don't, I don't know. The, I don't know half the stories. Honestly, as soon as I find out that somebody is like that on the outside, right. I just kind of, uh, I'm done. Ray Rice. I was a big fan of Ray Rice until I saw the video and uh, that guy, he deserves to not be sitting with the millionaire's table. I can yeah. tell you that. You know, but, I'll leave you with this. Just yeah. in terms of the contract and how they're going to push out money. So you can kind of expect how they're going to structure this contract. Yeah. So NFL media rights deal gives fans more options to watch games. We know that Absolutely. they're going to try to put some on Twitter. We are. I love the Thursday night broadcast on Prime. I have a feeling they're going to start using a lot of these streaming, like probably not necessarily Instagram, but they're going to find a way to capture the younger audience that it needs to start coming into the NFL. The NFL has signed a new long-term broadcast right agreement with multiple media partners valued at over $110 billion over the next 11 years. Guess when that kicks in? 2023. So if we can make it through 2022, there was a really good bump in the cap with $5 million this year. Breaking news. Colts are trading QB Carson Wentz to Washington for a package of packs. A package of packs. What are you talking about, Adam Shitface? You mean packs of cigarettes? That is a thought to include two third-round picks. Sources tell ESPN. Here you go. Well, you know, Carson, Carson might be okay. In Washington, actually. 
Why, why do you go from, okay, now I figured out what's wrong with the Washington commanders. You had. It's their name. You had Griffin. You had Griffin. You run him into the ground, run him out of the NFL because you injure him without no offensive line. Yeah. I draft Terry McLaurin because you guys bring over Fitz magic. One of the greatest cult quarterbacks of all time. Who's going to play until he's 97 He's out for this season, and now you're bringing a guy that came from the Eagles and was constantly injured because of no offensive line coming into a team that has no offensive line that's going to get destroyed again. Why do you bring a injury-prone quarterback? Or guess what, Washington? Why don't you invest in your offensive that line then? Poor, poor I thought Henneke played pretty good. Carson. So I thought Henneke played pretty good. Then? Who do the Colts have as their quarterback now then? They're probably going to draft somebody. Well, they kind of showed their hand, didn't they? I guess. Yeah. Unless they're yeah. – we don't start seeing – We're trading Aaron Rodgers to the Colts. Well, that was another team. <laughs> Maybe it was Derek Carr. That's where there's smoke, Derek Carr coming where there's, there. smoke there's fire with all of these stories and the teams yeah. that were in the running for Aaron Rodgers. They weren't. Look, Colts just made a quarterback move, Right. Broncos just made a quarterback move. Those were the two most viable teams that people were considering that Rodgers was willing to go to for a trade. So obviously there was something there, but the problem is that I ultimately sources are sources. I loved how Pat McAfee said his sources say, and it was Aaron Rodgers. Look, you got to bash on these guys a little bit because I don't know what to believe or what not to believe with them anymore. But again, there's some truth to everything. It's like when we talk to our kids and you catch them doing something wrong, right? It's, there's the truth. And then there's the other side of the truth. So there's your story, that story, and then there's the middle and that's the truth. And I think that's where we were with Rogers and it's been two years and it needs, I'm glad it's stopping. At least for a few days anyway. Right. I mean, until we find out how much he signed for, and then there's uproar about that. Uh, Before we go, I just want to make sure that uh, everybody understands, um, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Uh, the Vikings are terrible, and we don't make fun of the Lions because you don't pick on the challenged. That's how it works. Excellent. Perfect perfect Wednesday, episode 81, in the books. The greatest podcast on the planet. Eat it, yeah, Rats. Yeah, Rats, we're going to cut all your audio. That's what you get, Jeremy. Jeremy. that dude gets up at three in the morning every day to do his pod that's that's ridiculous you know you can do it at night and do it i could do that right yeah Yeah. no kids yeah yeah terrible right on all right buddy we're done trash talking everyone hey you know what about those acme army guys no i'm kidding all right we love you guys (laughs) peace bye go back go This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go! Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. about
about the vest you're talking about.